This week on Podcast 17, we got a slew of Left 4 Dead releases, we harp back on some Half-Life history, and talk to Daniel, a.k.a. Ackert, from Ragnarok Arena. So stay tuned to Podcast 17. By the way, my new microphone rocks! Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Podcast 17. This is episode 12905. We are recording on Saturday, so there's no live recording this week because it is Easter weekend, and uh, we don't want to record on Easter Sunday because we all probably have our own things to do, except I'm Emmanuel, a, because, yeah, because you're yes. Greek. I'm better than you. That's why. Okay. So explain, that. explain the Greek Easter. When is it then? Greek Easter's are three months afterwards, and uh, we we slaughter and uh, sacrifice goats, and we have to because they're cheaper in, in four months. So <laughs> interesting. All right. Well, um, this week we have Emmanuel, who's pretty much already introduced himself. Thomas, how are you doing, Thomas? Uh, I'm still on a crappy netbook. I just phoned the shop on where my computer is, and it got transferred to some godforsaken wasteland called the South End. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, wait. The listeners don't know that your computer died because it happened yeah, after yeah. last week's episode. Well, they do now. <laughs> it, it's hilarious because it was the brand new hard drive that kicked out. It wasn't the five-year-old IEDs that I had running in there, like, held together with, like, gum. It was oh. the brand new Seagate hard disk. So, for the listeners, you might want to avoid certain brands like Seagate. I just bought a new Seagate drive, actually, for my laptop. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> What's wrong with Seagate? <laughs> and I, 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 I personally want to know how uh, Thomas runs programs off an IED. <laughs> IDE. <laughs> What's an IED? Which like to elaborate? That, isn't that like it a missile? explosive device? Oh yeah, whatever. Yeah, mine. He always says IED. He means IDE. It's wired in my brain for IED. That's what service <laughs> does to you. All right, so anyway, also this week we have Daniel Acard from Ragnarok Arena. Last minute, actually literally last minute, like five minutes ago. How you doing, dude? Hey, what's going on? You had a busy week this week with the release of Ragnarok Arena and everything, eh? Uh, yeah, and I'm moving houses, so it's, you know, been kind of a hectic week. Oh, ouch. All right, well then, uh, we're going to move right on into Podcast 17 News and uh, move right on to the show. So Podcast 17 News, we're fooling around with the live stream a little bit because, uh, we might be changing applications to Mojulus. Mogulus. Um, we're still working out the kinks. So next week we might have a live show on Mogulus. If not, we'll just be using the Justin.tv stuff. So just be advised, and it will be on Sunday. So we won't be skipping out on you guys this week. Or, sorry, next week. Um, just tune in live every Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and that's about it for Podcast 17 News. I don't have anything else. Except, Thomas, do you want to talk about anything you're working on? Or do you want to mm, hold out? I'm on. I think I'm going to hold out just because I'm that kind of jerk. Okay. All right. Fair I enough. have Rambo detect me. I know the listeners can't see it, but I'm holding up Rambo to the test software we're using right now. <laughs> All right, so uh, moving right along, follow-up on Errata. Last week, we talked about two mods that were on Planet Philip, and they are really mods. Um, most people, these are single-player maps, but uh, Philip has turned them into mods. One of them is actually a mod, but they're just single-player. Um, the first one is No Escape, and last week, I mentioned it's the uh, mod where you play together with the Combine and the Rebels to fight the only one threat, the Zombies. But for some reason, when I was playing this, everything was attacking me. Combine, rebel, zombies, everybody. I was like the ultimate en- enemy, and nobody liked me, and everybody else was working together. It was a real big pain in the ass. I don't know if I bugged it out or anything, but uh, it is really fun regardless. Regardless if it's, if it's working right or regardless of if that's the way it's supposed to work. Um, I suggest everybody to download this. No Escape is visually done very very well the gameplay is there there's you know it has all the elements of a professional game in terms of uh having surprises in the right areas and uh you know puzzles in the right areas as well not too hard but uh, not too easy at the same time everything is right custom weapons it's beautiful it's a beautiful beautiful mod i can realize now why philip gave it such a high mark i haven't beat it yet so i don't know if it has a really good ending or not but uh everybody download no escape 
excellent, excellent mod. It definitely deserves to be on Follow Open Errata. And then secondly on Follow Open Errata, we have Opposing Force Ravenholm. And if listeners remember last week, again, we mentioned this. This was a, a, a mod that Philip turned into a mod because it replaced files into Episode 2. Um, but also another really, really great mod. I'm glad he did this because nobody would have been able to experience how well this is put together. It's really short, only three levels, um, and it has a sort of to-be-continued moment at the end. But, uh, you know, the, the maps are very visually appealing. Once again, just like uh, No Escape, um, it has all the elements of a, you know, of a first-party game. Um, puzzles in the right areas, not too easy but not too hard. Um, there are some difficult moments, though. You're put, pitted up against a lot of zombies, but if you're smart, you can sort of avoid it and come back to it later. The maps overlap on themselves a lot. Very beautifully done. Professional. Everything. Great. Two very great mods. And I think if you're going to download anything, um, download these two things this week, plus Ragnarok Arena, which is what we're going to be talking about a little bit later. So, Emmanuel, on to your apology section. So, what's up? Yeah. What's up with you? Um... Now my, I've, I'm I'm sorry about last week. That was that was out of my my hands, as you know. As I know, um, why was it out yes. of your hands? Why weren't because you? Why couldn't ex- you present? Put yourself on podcast. And, yeah, whatever. You slept in, probably. Nope. Well, I want to talk about the brand new Neo Tokyo OST. Yeah, you got that, don't you? Yeah, I don't know what to say about it though. It's good. Is it good? And it looks nice. I don't. They actually, I'm kind of disappointed because they uh, they tell you that it's actually nice to have the tangible item in your hands, and I have the tangible item in my hands, but I don't know if it was worth a week wait, because all I do is listen to the songs. So I I think if uh, if you're mulling over whether to buy the actual oh, actual OST in its physical form with the CD case and everything, don't get me wrong, the CD case is very cool, but you never really play with it. So I'd say just buy the damn MP3 set for $9.99 or whatever it is for a dollar cheaper and just get it instantly. You can because, buy the uh, MP3 set that's available? Yeah, iTunes I think has it now, and there's CDBaby.com, which has it. You can get it at the Neo Tokyo site. Um, coming from someone who thoroughly enjoys electronic music, more importantly, um, IDM and stuff like Aphex Twin and Venetian Snares and music, uh, it's actually, it, it has more... Um, I wouldn't say classical overtones, but definitely more, uh, more uh, new, new age, I guess. Not new age, but more of a not shitty new age. And it's actually very good. There's uh, two CDs, and uh, the second CD is pretty good too. But all of the the the, the stuff you'll you'll see in the videos and all of that will be on the first CD, and it's really good. Um, the only problem I had with it was that when you actually take the CD and uh, rip it all, rip all the information to your hard drive, it doesn't actually carry over and all the information, so that's another plight, too, for the uh, MP3 version. So I suggest getting the MP3 version, and they're probably going to hate me for saying that because they have probably boxes full of hundreds of these things, but I'm sure over time they'll, they'll take care of it. But, yeah, definitely, if you like electronic music, get this thing because it's phenomenal. It's awesome. one of my favorite CDs of the year right now. Of well, the first months. Well, I'm glad somebody got the OST from us because I really wanted to know, you know, sort of how it how it was because it's really the only first OST for any mod for uh, Half Life. So it's good. It's good that you uh, got a chance it, to. Listen. You know, yeah, and it's definitely cool that mod developers are doing crap like this because it's it's kind of weird having I'm holding it right now and this is from a mod developer who's going to be releasing a mod that's free, but it looks. Fan, like it's just good quality. It's it's kind of odd. I don't know if this is a step forward in the right direction for mod developers with releasing things that people can buy so that way they can support themselves, or if that's a bad thing. But nonetheless, it's pretty goddamn cool. So, and I like so, it. So it's it's got my stamp of approval. And usually, you know me, I usually hate everything. So that's <laughs> saying a lot. Awesome. Okay. Fair enough. So what what Emmanuel's saying just to finish off is that. Uh, buy the MP3 version, or what you can do is you can order the free coaster set. Yeah. Well, the, honestly, the art... I would want Neo Tokyo coasters. Because I'm looking at it right now, and it's it's not... I mean, it's not bad. It's just, you know, there's no... There's nothing, nothing to justify it, is what you're saying. The, the bo- I mean, the box is super fucking cool. And, you know, the... the 
I've always said that Neo Tokyo has the best artists in any mod development team ever. But I can't justify the weak weight and having to have CDs because I mean I love digital distribution. I always buy my crap on Steam now. So, but I guess you know in two or three years or whatever when I get a new desk and I'm you know and I want to make it look cool, I can just leave this laying around and it'll make me look new age and contemporary and interesting. So it's we'll a conversation see. piece. What I don't understand is why doesn't Neo Tokyo send you the MP3s if you buy the CD? You know, that pisses me right the shit off, too, because I emailed them and, and I said, listen, I'm not going to get this CD for like two weeks because you guys are dicks. So is there any way I can get the MP3 version? And they said, oh, no, just wait. And that pisses me off, too, because I've been looking on the forums and people have been actually getting them. And I'm not not to deter anyone from buying it, but if you go on, if you're far from where it ships, apparently it's bad news bears because at least two people have had uh, um, the front package, the front part of the package uh, bent and the plastic broken or something like that. Yeah, so if you're out of the country, be wary unless you really want it. Um, but yeah, I wish there was a, an option where if you bought it through CD Baby, the the that version, you just get the digital one for free immediately. But, you know, maybe in time, maybe if enough people complain. I know I did, but I didn't get any response. So, mm-hmm. Well, interesting. All right, so it's good It's good that you got the OST, and I'm glad you're happy now. Good music, though. Good music, right? That's all that matters, really. Um, yeah, it, and, I, and I say that as you, like I said, I, I don't like much, and what I do like, I do like very much. And uh, this is fan goddamn fantastic. Ed Harrison, the guy who did this along with his cohorts in crime, the violinist and... Um, um, singers did an, an excellent job and I'm actually a little bit depressed because now it's over and he's probably not going to be making anything for them for a very long time so this is it now you so. get to wait for the game uh, now I have to wait for the mod in which case I'll probably be bored to death with the music because I listen to the OST 1500 times but hopefully they'll release <laughs> some new stuff for the, uh, for the mod we'll see yeah all right. Well, moving right along um, on to the next thing, Left 4 Dead releases. Nick and I had a Left 4 Dead marathon. We actually played through all the maps this week in one pretty one go, pretty much. Um, so starting it off this week is uh, Downsized, and all these maps are from leftfordeadmaps.com. Great source, actually. They just redid their website. Um, they have a lot of really good maps up there now, and uh, the way to get them is a lot more simpler. Um, so anyway, Downsized. This was actually really fun. When we started off this week... Um, I said Downsized was kind of going to be the worst one out of the list. But uh, we had a lot of fun playing Downsized. Really short, but um, has a lot, a lot of potential. And uh, the visuals are amazing. Like, I almost said to Nick, this looks like it would be something that Valve would release. Um, so, uh, very good. It's just, I wish there was a little bit more boss zombies in this. It seems like the zombie placement wasn't thought out that well. But uh, good nonetheless. Pick this one up definitely. I suggest this if you're a That'd be a benefit if I played it. I, I, I hate how some uh, mappers put way too many. I actually like just the hordes. You like the hordes? Well, this map is exactly... Yeah. Honest. Yeah, there's just the hordes, really. There's a couple boss zombies. Like, there might be a smoker here and there. But, uh, you know, the hordes is really where it's at for this map. So next up, um, Agony of Mankind. This was actually a single-player map. Uh, we couldn't get this working multiplayer. So unless... Unless you want to play it single player, then go ahead and download it. But uh, we didn't play it after the after we figured out that uh, um, you know you couldn't get multiplayer working. I don't know why some maps don't work multiplayer for us. Uh, maybe we're doing something wrong. But this is the second instance of this happening, so I think it's map related. Um, the screenshots look pretty cool, so check it out. Next on the list is I Hate Cornfields. Um, now we had a we were really excited for this until we actually loaded it up and realized all it is is a square area with giant friggin' cornfields. Like, you can't look over them, so you don't know where the zombies are coming from. Um, basically, what it is is a survival map. You pretty much have to live for as long as you can. There's no way of beating this for as, as from what I understand. It's crap. It is the worst map ever, only because you can't see anything that's in front of you. And uh, there's nothing really to it except for, you know, somebody placed a whole bunch of cornfields and everlasting zombies. So, I wouldn't suggest downloading it, but uh, if you if you're... If you really, really want to uh, have a survival map, download it. So next on the list is Blood Moon, and uh, this was a mediocre type map. I mean, I don't have much to say about it. The The visuals were kind of bland. Um, the maps were a little bit bigger than they needed to be. There's still a lot of textures missing. It was enjoyable. I mean, we, we had fun, but uh, it wasn't as good as any of the other ones that uh, we're going to be getting to in a second. 
Um, Final Garage. This is an incompleted map. Um, getting a 3.67 on leftfordeadmaps.com. Um, you can glitch it and walk outside the map and stuff, but really all it is is you're in a garage, and uh, you have to fight off hordes of zombies. Uh, there is no end yet, and it's very much incomplete, so check it out if you really, really want to, but I would suggest staying away from it. House Level 1, I don't know why people release things like this. Um, it is clearly a first map. All it is is like three rooms, you're in a house, and you have to fight some boss zombies. The safe room doesn't even end the map properly. Stay away from this until it's done. And lastly on the list, Heaven Can Wait. Um, this was one of the ones Nick and I were really looking forward to. It has its own custom, you know, show bill and everything. Two out of the five maps are done, so 30% completed. So if you're uh, impatient and want to download it now, go ahead. But you can, if you want, you can wait until, you know, all five maps are done. Beautifully done. Um, the optimization is a little bit bad. You'll get a little bit lower FPS than on most maps, mainly because the maps are so huge. I think this this whole pack, the two maps alone, each map is 50 megs, so it's a 100 meg pack extracted um, just for two Left 4 Dead maps, which is huge, um, which is where the optimization comes in. But it was really, really fun. Um, we got stuck at this one point in the forest. We didn't know where to go, so we had to kind of noclip to figure it out. And then the AI eventually showed it to us. If you play it, you'll know what I mean. But uh, it is beautifully done. Once again, another map that I would suggest downloading. So from the Left 4 Dead list, um, download Downsized and download Heaven Can Wait. Those would be my two suggestions for this week. So, moving on to the release list. And uh, I'm going to shoot through this real quick. Zombie Panic Source was updated. Um, they made several exploitable server commands, cheat only, a whole bunch of stuff. Whole fixing the police stations, updating the cinema. Um, looks like a lot of updated maps um, to fix out a lot of exploits. So 1.52 or 1.5.2 is out and live on Steam, so if you're a Zombie Panic fan, you probably already have it. Next on the list is Antlion Valley, and this comes from FPS Banana. I believe it's on Planet Philip now. Um, it wasn't when I grabbed this, but it is a horde map. Um, you basically ha are pitted against a whole bunch of antlions combined with the you know your regular combine force, and you have to fight off 600 antlions. It is a little bit crazy but uh i don't know meh um epic tales is out as well i didn't get a chance to play epic tales i kind of forgot about it but all it says in the summary is epic tales video game about hearing slash reading books <laughs> i good. i really wanted to download this just to know what the hell this is about but i think it reads you books I, I don't know. I really don't know. Wait, wait. So we, we haven't verified if it does or doesn't? No, I don't know yet. But uh, that's what the summary says, and from this I can't... I don't understand. Authors can use text, photos, music, sounds, probably even movies. Probably. <laughs> um, have somebody read their story to players, etc. If you decide you want to make more than pages, you can add enemies and even trick jump puzzles. See, it's, I don't know what this is about. I have no idea. So, um, I'll play it this week and talk about it on follow-up and errata. It looks like something that uh, we can easily kind of poke fun at. So, that's why I have it on the list, to be honest. I know it's kind of evil of me. Um, before we get to Ragnarok, I want to talk about a couple other things. Decadence update. Decadence actually released an update. Um, didn't see this coming, actually. I didn't think they were going to be coming out with a, an update this soon. But uh, their main fix is they fixed the broken lag compensation for bullets. Um, so there is lag compensation. They're optimizing the, the model a lot. Um, let me just see the size of this update. I don't think it's very big. It's 4.06 megs. So um, it's not a very big download. So I don't know how many updates there is. No real map updates, just optimization fixes. And then lastly on the release list is The Thing. And uh, I took this off of a... Off of, I don't know what language this is in, but some site. If you can let me know what language this is in, it would be very much appreciated. All you listeners out there, tell me I in the see. comments. Because I, I have see. no idea. I think it's Russian, but it's not Russian because it doesn't translate ready. It doesn't translate properly from Russian. Anyway, it's out. It's called The Thing. It's for Half-Life 2. Um, I haven't played it yet, but there is a download link. If you scroll down on this page, um, there's download and then it says 
Pobriz, and you can download the RAR and install it. It will be on a follow-up and errata next week, so um, tune in next week to see our review, but if you want to play it, go ahead and play it, because it came out this week. It's Polish. Is it Polish? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Polish. It? What's that, Thomas? Wait, no. This is, um... God, what's that annoying-ass country? Wait. Ukraine? <laughs> Not Ukrainian. I've got a friend on Facebook who's this... And I hate him. Let me find it real quick. Okay, you, you find out, and then while you find, find out, out, let's have Daniel talk about what's new in Ragnarok Arena Source version 2. What are the updates? Things. Back to you. <laughs> things? Um, yes, things. No, I actually went through... I'm, I, I'm, I moved it to the new Source SDK that came out, and that helped a lot, because the Orange Box SDK that we've had now is kind of like a halfway in between eh, eh, SDK, where they... Um, just kind of threw everything onto it, and the new one that came out actually includes all the um, Orange Box features that we've seen in um, in uh, the Orange Box games right from the get-go. You know, the FOV modifications, the actual avatars and scoreboards. And I know these can be added to the old SDK, but it also includes the Team Fortress 2 third-person animation system, which is extremely nice. It's leagues better than um, the original SDK's animation system, and in that way... Ragnar the new Ragnarok Arena uh, Beta 2 plays so much smoother than the uh, first beta ever did. And the animations don't just randomly glitch out whenever they feel like. I also went through and I changed the way you get weapons. It's more of a um, firearms weapon selection menu when you first join the game. Instead of actually having to go out and hunt through uh, weapon pickups because it was just a really random system beforehand. And the new system is actually really fun. Um, besides that... About, uh, Five new maps, bunch of bug fixes. Um, team play kind of works. <laughs> it was just something I had sitting on my hard drive for a while. I was like, I, I should release this. Yeah. Now, going back to the Orange Box SDK, is this is this the SDK that has the uh, beta shaders involved in it as well? Yes. So I think you are the first mod actually that's released something using this beta Orange Box SDK. Oh. I don't I don't know of any other mod currently. I could be wrong. But uh, I think you are the first one to use this new beta SDK, so congratulations to you. Sweet. From what I understand. So good job. That's, that's actually really cool, because the new SDK I heard is doing wonders for Orange Box. So. And I'm yeah, it so is. What is it doing? Well, I, mean, um, I think it might be like the Steamworks SDK as well, parts of it. <laughs> yeah. So, awesome. Uh, we'll get back to Red Rock Arena, but first I want to do uh, Media Blitz. I just wanted to know what was new for anybody who's listening. Um, so first off in the media blitz is Raindrop. They release things that just awe me. I, I don't understand how they do it, to be honest. Um, they released six new screenshots of their works in progress, so to speak. And I was talking to Nick, I was like, these look like concept art. But they're not concept art. They're in-game. Nick was like, yeah, this is in-game. You can tell it's in-game. But click the first image, and you tell me that looks like it's in-game. And let me just tell you... You're crazy, because this looks <laughs> absolutely amazing. It's amazing. These screenshots are amazing. That's, I don't know. Wait, the screenshots or the videos? The screenshots. On the on the link for... Yeah, that's in-game. I know it's in-game, but it just looks amazing. It looks too amazing to be in-game. No, it, it's believable. They've What they've done is they've post-processed it. They've put it in Photoshop and messed with the, uh, with the, like, with the blur and all that stuff. It, it, it's a Photoshop. I've seen many Photoshops in my time. You can tell by the pixels. Really? Yes. You guys think it's No, Photoshop? it's not. They don't I'm Photoshop it to, to look better. They just post-process it. But they were doing that for Killzone 2 as well. They just they just run a blur over it, and sometimes they'll do a depth of field blur or something. It's it's good-looking mod, don't get me wrong, but you can tell that they grain it up a bit so that way it looks real. Yeah. Well, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying I don't believe it's in-game shots. I'm just saying they look so amazing that it, that it's They awesome. do. They, this is definitely some of the best. I mean, especially they've turned something boring like, you know, post-apocalyptica into, into something interesting. It does look very good. Yeah. So I just wanted to talk about the Raindrop Media Blitz. Resistance and Liberation um, released, you know, almost like a shit ton of media. Um, this post is huge. They have... Uh, player model renders, you know, a new subway car, a lot of map screenshots. Uh, their maps look really, really nice as well. Um, outdoor environments. Resistance Liberation knows how to do outdoor environments properly. This is what I really like. Um, 
it looks like they got some sort of field of view going with their uh, rifles there in the next set of screenshots. And then some more map screenshots. So it's a nice little media blitz done by Resistance Liberation. Um, very well organized. I think they deserve some mention as well. So, so before... Actually, we'll get into the interview right now. And uh, our interview is actually this week with, as the listeners already know, Daniel Glenn. Uh, AKA, what? AKA, We're interviewing... Wait a minute. Accurate. <laughs> yes, we are. AKA, I don't want to me too. <laughs> What's that? Why are we interviewing Ackart? Yeah. You got a problem with that? No, why? we might as well interview you, William. Why? Uh, he's a part of the show. You can't interview an, a, a showee. That's why he's on the show, noob. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, I'm so, quitting. No one's going to interview you, you, Emmanuel. I'm sorry. We're not just going to take time. Exactly. But I, and I wouldn't expect you to, just like I don't expect us to interview Ackart. <laughs> Yeah, but but he just released a new version of Ragnarok Arena, and he is sort of, you know, a no, legend in the Half-Life community. Like, okay. sure. Emmanuel, you get angry and masturbate. You don't release things unless it's your own like, seed onto a... No, because I wouldn't... I, the the oh mod community doesn't, doesn't deserve the brilliance that, that I irradiate, so I just keep it to myself. What do you mean? The smell of asparagus? No. <laughs> Talking about months and months of hard worked, developed modding that you guys don't even know about. Oh, yeah. I won't. Oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, See, yeah, we don't all these no-PK mods. <laughs> oh. Guys, guys, we don't we don't know, but uh, no-PK here, he's, uh, he's secretly working on Black Mesa Source. He didn't want me to tell you, <laughs> but he's actually working behind the operation. I'm the sole, I am the sole operator. I'm the one who started from inception to now, and honestly, I'm thinking I don't even going to release, I'm not even going to release it now, just because so fuck you. <laughs> because everybody already knows deep dark secrets. Now, because now everyone knows. So you know, have your Ragnarok Arena too. That's fine. I'm gonna <laughs> fucking it myself. There's a lot of people. Okay, go ahead and play with yourself. <laughs> no change. Nick says you made the uh, Alex nude model. You worked really hard on that. Uh no, that wasn't me. <laughs> Twelve thousand. Yeah, that was kind of a, a mutter there. That that wasn't that wasn't me. Are you ashamed of there or something, buddy? No, it wasn't me. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm going with OJ's plea here. It wasn't me. I didn't do it. You didn't do it. We all know what happened to OJ. <laughs> he got wildly renowned and accepted for what he did. That's and true. everyone loves him now. <laughs> he got a lot of publicity. So I went to jail, what, <laughs> 10, 20 years later? Yeah. He is in jail right now, isn't he? Actually, speaking of, speaking of uh, just just to prolong having to interview Ackard, <laughs> can we talk about cinematic mod? Because now that you mentioned a, a nude uh, Alex model, so have you guys ever heard of this thing called a, the cinematic mod for Half-Life 2? It sucks. Move yeah, on. I haven't. What? Move on. What is have it? Have we mentioned that? Oh, I think I've talked about yeah. this. Yeah. I no, no, what? Why do you think it sucks? Because all the models are horrible. Like literally, like we're talking like whore spelt like W H O R E. Like okay, listen. The 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 models you can choose to not install. You 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 can choose not to install the models, and it comes for episode one, two, and Half Life Two. That's that's pretty. It's like six times the size of the bloody game. All right, listener. Yes, it is eight gigabytes. You do have to download six parts and then unraw it, so that means essentially you need 18 gigs in your hard drive. But ignore these it's heathen more, fools, for they know nothing. It's 18 gigs. If, and I, I'm saying this with the utmost... Well, no, actually, that's a lie. I don't utmost respect you. But I will say that you are wrong, and the reason is is because the music is so fantastic that you have to act, You absolutely... If you're going to play through Half-Life 2 Episode 1, Episode 2, or Half-Life 2... Again, ever you have to download the mod and install at least the sounds because the sounds justify it because the w- the music is done cinematically and it's done in a really really well uh, just composed really well and so usually yeah, because when you it was composed mod, by uh, composers who did it for movies and then he stole it and used it in his mod exactly and what's wrong with that <laughs> well it's kind of illegal I think. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like half the things. Thou shall okay. not steal mu- music from movies. John Williams pronounces it. Right. 
Right. So yeah, go ahead and don't download the mod because there might be a minor legality. Completely forget the fact that the music actually is perfect. And it actually pisses me off a bit because it means Valve has, has all this time never thought of this. They've had... I'm not knocking the guy who does sounds or music over at, uh, at Valve, but I mean... It's just it feels so much better to to have the cinematic music in the background throughout the. Yes, mod. I too am sad that they they did not steal mu- uh, some music from movies to put in their game. Hey, if it's better, it's better. You should know this, Eckhart. You should if you would know this by now. If you'd put more heart into your mod. <laughs> I had heart to spare. Uh, actually, yeah, really... somebody I don't know who did, but somebody mentioned something that I forgot to mention, and it's Action Half Life Two. Yes. Oh that was me. yes, a friend linked that to me. Holy shit, did you see the videos? Yes. Yeah. They're so bad. Uh, I, but that's but that's the way it works. Yeah. That's the point. No, Action Half-Life is going to be awesome. And for those who don't know, um, I'm sure every, all the listeners have heard of Action Half-Life. But, uh, the, if they the, haven't, we're going to kill them. Yeah, the team behind Action Half-Life has updated a mod DB profile for Action Half-Life 2. Um, and the slogan is, The Sauce of Death. And they got some screenshots up there, and they got a really, really cool trailer. Everybody's loving this. Um, I can't wait. And they said they're going to be coming out. Um, first release for this should be coming Bullshit. up really soon. Weeks, not months. Bullshit. Well, I don't know. No. Why not? Why not? Have you seen the trailer? Because the trailer looks playable. Yes, I've seen the, tra- the trailer. What? The guy did a backflip. The model was clipping through the, the, the building, and he... No, it's not. No. Listen. No, no, no. Listen, all right. Uh, no, no, no. You listen. I spent I spent a lot of time playing Action Half Life. Right? Obviously not. Removed. And I know that part of Action Half Life is the fact that it's bad. That it's not done. It's it's not supposed to be overly like you know. It's not polished, but it's fun as shit. So I'm not saying that it's going to be bad. I just I know that it's not going to come out in a few weeks. There's no way. Absolutely not. You don't not. think so? The, no, did you see the maps? The maps look like they were barely put together. It's not going to, no. The, I'm sure the coding's done, and I'm sure everything else is done, but there's no way they're going to get that well, many maps. Because, and stuff. I, okay, guys, guys. Maps. We should just start the Emmanuel is Wrong Fund. And <laughs> it's a pool. And All right. When we when we're right, he has to give us money. I, see, when it comes out. I will, I will let, the, I will let the, the listeners decide, because every time I say don't listen to William, it's shit. I'm usually right. So, for instance, um, I can't think of a particular example, but every time I say that, I'm usually right. Every mod. So, yeah, it's not going to come out. So, go ahead. Okay. Your, something, whatever. Okay. So, now moving on to Ragnarok Arena. We've delayed it enough. So, Acart, tell, tell us all the projects you're working on right now and, and what you do on these projects because you are almost like a jack of all trades, aren't you? Kind of, yeah. Of course, here's, here are the projects I'm working on right now. I am working on Ragnarok Arena, doing everything, actually, aside from I got a couple of mappers now, so that's pretty cool. And I'm working on a standalone game called Red Alert, the, uh, A Path Beyond, and I do textures for them. That's it right now, actually. Yeah. But are you yep. are you working on Ragnarok Arena Remastered and Ragnarok Arena? like the? Oh, no, just Ragnarok Arena Remastered. Okay. I just refer to it as Ragnarok Arena now. Yeah. You're not touching Ragnarok, the original Ragnarok, at all anymore. Is that correct? No, as far as I'm concerned, that's finished. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So, uh, so tell us for anybody who hasn't played Ragnarok Arena Remastered, um, what what are the main differences? Obviously, using obviously other than using the Source engine between Ragnarok Arena Remastered and Ragnarok Arena, the original. Uh, the way you you get weapons is completely different. You actually spawn with whatever the hell you want to spawn with, and um, ragdolls. That's key difference right there. Those two differences. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, everything else is just graphical fluff, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So what made you originally, um, with the with the idea of Ragnarok, with the original Ragnarok Arena, what made you do, you know, sort of like a, a platforming um, a platforming game for Half-Life? Because, I mean, that was fairly new. Nobody really had that idea until you did it. It was um, just a random thing I did at the uh, Half-Life Improvement Forums. I just created a uh, map that you know had various platforms, and it and I made a mini mod where all it was was an auto um, auto, exe- auto executing config file that set the gravity to 400 and set the camera to be si- um, side by side, 
and we went through and played it, and it turned out to be insanely fun, even though the camera kept swinging around. Just the perspective was really fun. It simplified things a lot, and just made my, it. What's up? My cat has a question. Okay. <laughs> Present the cat. All right. Wait, no, again, no, change his mind. All right, go on. Okay. And it, and then James, uh, James, he's been on here as Minwe, um, offered to help, and it just kind of went from there. Mm-hmm. So James actually worked on the original Ragnarok Arena, then. Yeah. So who's all helping you with Ragnarok Arena Remastered right now? You, I mean, you said right. you're pretty much look, working on it on your own, but who are the mappers involved? Uh, there's, uh, there's one guy I just met. It's D Bubbles. He's off of the um, Interlopers forum. He actually messaged me um, from there and was like, "Hey, great mod. Would like to help." And there's uh, Himwai. I, I, I apologize if I mispronounced your name, but it's fin- Finnish, and I've never been outside of my state. So. Um, and both of them really good mappers, really good. Uh, Himwai is the one who created the uh, the new maps in uh, Beta Two, which are just I think they're leagues better than the ones I made for Beta One. I but agree. aside from that, it. Well, I mean the the screenshots. I haven't <laughs> played Beta Two yet, but from the screenshots of seeing the new maps, they do look absolutely amazing. So. Yeah, thank. You. Yeah, and aside from that, that's it right now. Mm-hmm. So, Thomas, do you have anything before I continue? Um, has, have you been able to rope Alex into doing any more maps for you? I know we didn't no, he's too busy with 4Hire right now. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, right. Forgot. So, it's just, you, have, you have to understand to the listeners is that, like, there's about, what, a, a pool of, what, what would you say, Dan, about ten people that are all inbred with each other's projects? <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Because... That's... <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. Yeah, it's basically the Half-Life Creations action team. I would say that, too. Uh, if the listeners aren't familiar, um, Thomas runs a site called Half-Life Creations, and uh, there are a lot of mods hosted on there. We've got Cry of Fear, Ragnarok Arena. It is on there, too, right? Um, yep. Um, Heart of Evil. And all these people that work on these mods pretty much all work together on other mods, on each other's mods, put it that way. So it's sort of like... A, Almost like a clusterfuck of mod development. Pretty much. <laughs> you, like, people come in looking for hosting, and they get it, and, you know, That's all good. of a sudden they start swapping spit with each other like it's some kind of mass, incredibly hot lesbian orgy. That is gross. That's good, though. I mean, one of them's bound to be good, then. Yeah. I mean, if you have that oh, many yeah. people working on them. No, and you guys all always turn out really, really good stuff between, you know, sort of your group. And I like that. Yeah, I, I think we need to like, start the... Uh, I think we need to start the... Uh, Half-Life Creations action team on ModDB, make it a production group. Well, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be that. a bad idea. But. Anyway, Thomas, do you have any questions for Daniel? I mean, I know you guys are really close, and I'm sure you already know the answers, yeah. but maybe something for your for your for for the listeners to hear? Uh, jeez. <laughs> jeez, Dan. What, what, what do the listeners want to know about you that I know? <laughs> well, I mean... Well, I mean, Those uh, late night discussions where you're punching your pillow. <laughs> right. I just, I just find it amazing that you know, Dan, you're you're such a jack of all trades, and you know almost everything about Half Life development and Half Life Source development. Can you maybe tell us how you got involved in something like that? And you know, where do you get all your information? Um, maybe some of the things that you like about Source, some of the things you don't like about Source, and anything you can give to newbie developers. I can trace the origins of my mod developing back to one spot. Action Half-Life 1. When I was like, wow, this is really cool. I want to learn how to do this. And I started just uh, mapping from there. It took a long time to learn what I know, be, though. Be honest. Did you do any um, of the RP stuff? No. There was RP sure. stuff for Action Half-Life? Oh, yeah. There was a whole RP community. Yeah, there you didn't was know a that? community. No. That was, I remember that. Huh. It was bigger for the specialists than it was. Yeah, that's true. Um, it yeah. started with Action Half-Life, though. Yeah. yeah. No, I just spent hours upon hours of my youth playing on the one map where um, it's a tower overlooking a pool, which is on another larger tower. And I just love that map to death. I don't know why. But tell us about your development. How did, like, I mean, yeah, Action Half-Life influenced you to get started. But uh, where did you find all your sort of tutorials and all your information and uh 
it sounds like you started with mapping and it sounds like you can also code i mean uh, yeah you can code but so how did you get involved in that honestly the internet there is no one 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 resource to find everything that that is actually something that people are just starting are really lucky to have the valve developer wiki because back in the dark ages you had to go to about 50 different yeah. websites <laughs> one thing yeah, you, you having developed for Source and uh, Gold Source, you know that back in the old days there was no Valve Wiki, so you had to kind of accumulate all of your information through a plethora of sources that was usually not really concise. So you had to just sit there for hours trying to figure something out, or just figure it out yourself, which was always a pain in the ass. So I know that for you, Ragnarok Two must have been way easier than Ragnarok One. Well, honestly, it was, because I also knew more, and there was, you know, more tutorials and whatnot out for Source, and there was Gold Source. Mm. Um, but anyone that really wants to start modding, just check the Valve Developer Wiki and just start looking around, see what interests you. We've had a lot of developers on here that talk about sort of, you know, the Source engine is is a little bit difficult to deal with in terms of code. And this has always been interesting interest me because I'm not really into the coding aspect of things. I mean, I, I can map, but I've never really dug into the code. Do you have any complaints about Source or anything that, you know, people should be wary of when they're getting involved? I think it's honestly easier to deal with than um, the Gold Source. It is larger, and there's more stuff to deal with, but it's um, it's a lot cleaner, I think, than the original. Yeah, and, I, I mean, the standards are newer, so hey... Why do why do P, I mean I don't know about you Eckhart, but I've had I've been able to work on both engines and other engines and I don't see what the big deal is I think source isn't that bad I think people uh, like to complain yeah I like yeah. to complain about one thing in particular and th this is where my expertise comes in as a compiler um, to compile in source to me I guess this could be different but I really didn't like it how they broke up the MDL file format like before. In your gold source, it was just one file to load the model, and that was fine. You could move it around real easy. But when you're compiling models for like uh, Counter-Strike source, Day of Defeat source, it dumps the textures in one place, it dumps the QC in one place, and it dumps the model files in one place, and it dumps the, more, the normal maps in one place. And to go around and change all those is really annoying. Like It's really nice that I can put as many polygons on one SMD file as I want. I don't have to break them up because there's no limits on the source engine. But at the same time, you have like these 90-degree rotation bugs, like, and it takes me longer to get into the game because it's higher um, demand graphics performance-wise. So I would say that I'm just trading off problems for, you know... I'm just trading off, I guess. It's like right. I'm gaining one thing to another. I don't. I don't get why they had to make uh, make that so difficult. I was doing a, uh, I was doing a deathmatch mod, and we and I had uh, someone else come in and work on the models f with me, and it was just it was a nightmare trying to just so something as simple as putting a face on a model, something that I thought would be very easy turned out to be you know hours and hours of work. So, I think I'm sure there's something logistically with the engine to make sure that the engine's easy to work with. And keep in mind they they did have a, an in-game you know. Uh, voice technology thing, so I'm sure there's plenty of problems with you know face poser and getting the models to incorporate properly. So that's probably why it's so convoluted. But you know uh, that's something they'll sort out eventually. Like every this is all uh, a project for Valve. I mean, over time, when the new engine comes out, or they work in on Half-Life Three, or you know when the new version of the SDK comes out, I'm sure they'll make it easier or something. Yeah, I mean it's all a learning experience for everybody, right? Yeah. So Valve, yeah. Valve has no problem uh, keeping things, um, you know, sort of in a beta state. They like releasing things and seeing how the community grabs them. And then if, if, if the community is complaining, then they'll change it. That's the beauty of Valve. They, they won't wait. They'll just say, hey, we got something. Here you go. Try it out. Let us know what you think. So, um, Daniel, what was the hardest part about developing for Ragnarok or Ragnarok Arena Remastered, would you say? What was the time when you were Finding like... Finding help. Other, okay, but was there a time, like, in the development process when you were really, like, pulling out your hair at wit's end, ready to just close everything down and, you know, part the internet? Oh, completely. That's why it took so long for Beta 2 to come out. It was just various nagging issues that just grow at you, especially code-wise. And um, if, especially if you're having to do everything yourself, it's just sometimes you go, 
I really do not feel like working on this. I'm going to go do something else. And, and how, do you, how do you deal with things like that? Because obviously Beta 2 came out, so how do you overcome those types of things? Just keep working at it. And yeah, that's really all I can say. I don't never give up, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know. I don't have much else to say about Ragnarok Arena, except for, you know, I've had hours and hours of fun throughout my lifespan playing this mod. You know, the original and the continuation. So. Emmanuel, you got yeah, anything? Yeah, it's like full of knowledge. Uh, anything, anything I wanted to know about the mod, I would just ask him over aim. So. <laughs> I know, but our listeners don't have that opportunity. Alright. <clears throat> um... Is your mod a video game? <laughs> Maybe. I prefer Does... the term entertainment device. Uh, one out of ten, what would you rate device. your video game? Ten. It is, is, uh, is Master Chief in your video game? No. That's why it's rated ten out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> what? Will Master Chief ever be in your video game? No. Actually, this brings up a good question. Um, how do you decide what models get put into your game? Because I, the the beauty of Ragnarok Arena is that it kind of is a mishmash of all, you know, player models from all different popular mods. I mean, you got Day of Defeat in there, Counter Strike in there, Gordon Freeman in it's, there. It is honestly whatever I feel like putting in there and whatever I have on hand. Really? Like editor just said to me in chats, "Eeny, meeny, miny, mo." That one's it. And if anyone has any suggestions as to what I should put in there, feel free to shoot them off of the forums. I will probably do it. Mm -hmm. Would you call your mod more of a community-based mod? Like, if somebody develops a really, really good map and sends it over to you, would you put it in the new beta? Completely. That's what happened in this beta. A couple of community maps uh, by uh, Banjo Boy. I just threw them in there. Yeah. It, it, it helps the community, and it helps the mod at the same time. So you think that's a better way of doing it rather than keeping things, you know, sort of cl behind closed doors? Uh, it depends. I mean, for some mods that follow a very strict design document and very strict atmospheric um, design, it, it's not going to work as well as my mod, which is just random happy fun hour where <laughs> whatever goes. Mm -hmm. Now, how is the... Uh, if I I'm just curious, maybe this is a question for Thomas and Daniel, because I know there's a lot of people who want to really, really get into modding and they don't know where to start. If somebody were to, you know, want to start getting into code and wanted to sort of jump in on a project, would can you... I, can I just jump in for a second? Why? Okay, no. I'm in the middle of a if question. You, if you want to, uh, I, I want to I add a... Uh, uh, okay, go finish your question. So I just I can... want to know, would they be able to go on sort of the Half-Life creation forums and jump in with you guys, and would you guys sort of act as mentors for anybody, or are you too busy for something like that? Um, <laughs> Thomas? I don't know if Thomas BRB. I don't know, is he? Yeah, I guess yeah, This so. is a bad sign. Yeah? Oh, wow. It looks like, uh, looks like Thomas might have died. Anyways, <laughs> if you want to, if you want an interviewer position here at, uh, podcast17.com, <laughs> feel free to shoot off an email to williammcmahon at gmail.com. We'll more, we'll be more than happy to take a look at your, uh, your application, so. So what was your interjection, Emmanuel? Um, you said, what is it for anyone who wants to get into modding? Everyone always says, you know, look at the SDKs, look at, you know, get a team going, blah, 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 blah. But no one ever says you should have a good idea. Like, that's the most important thing, and it's always overlooked. If you want to do a mod, the first and most important thing you can do is have a good idea. Be something, Have something you're passionate about. Don't just... I mean, of course, you want to. The best way to start, of course, is to you know, do some mods that are just kind of silly or, or just give you some experience. But if you, for, for when it comes to an actual mod that you want to see through over a, a few year development process, be passionate about it. Be, be absolutely entertained by it. You want something that you think is going to be interesting to you, not just to to your players, and you want to. You want to choose something that you feel you want to convey. It's like, think of it as like writing a book. You you want you want something you can be experienced on. You want something that you care very much about. You want it to be like a child. And once you find that passion, once you find that drive, 
the mod will come in itself because then you will have motivation to go to the SDK website and sit there for 16 hours straight looking for a solution for some stupid programming bug and you have some reason to look for eight people to do the models and the maps and stuff. That's the most important thing you can do. I think you actually have a really good point and keeping it simple is like sort of been the theme of these past couple of episodes and we've been interviewing people and everybody says, you know, keep your first mod simple, keep all your ideas simple so that you can, you know, work with something that's tangible. But at the same time, when I was mapping, when I was getting into mapping um, for Gold Source, the, the first things I was really trying to do was recreate things that already exist. And I found that to be a, an excellent learning experience. Like, for example, um, I would try to recreate some old Duke Nukem maps in Gold Source just for fun. You know, I had the architecture next to me on a different computer and I would just recreate it, you know, almost brush for brush just to see if I can do it. And I learned a lot from that because you learn a lot about, uh, you know, other design sort of techniques. And, you know, if you're developing a mod, um, there's nothing wrong with adapting features or a feature list from another game or another mod um, just so long as you make it a little bit your own or you do something unique with it uh, absolutely and and what you said was perfect I mean if you have if you have a set of parameters if you have something to model after it's giving you something it's giving you a goal and the biggest problem with the mod developers is that they don't set goals they just kind of go at it and you know that's a that's a huge problem because then you don't know where to start or stop or what features you want. So if you set yourself a goal, if or if you set yourself something you want to model after, then you therefore have something to, to work on. And that that gives you something to bite into, and that's that's important. I, I mean, you, we can sit here all day and talk about how to model or how to map or how to code or the best way to do this and that, but when it comes down to it, you know, if you don't have a reason to do it, I mean, think about it like this, why the hell do we need math? No one does math for the fun of it. I mean, we use math as a tool to do things that we want to do. So if you don't have motivation to, to make your mod or work on it or deal with screaming 14-year-olds, then, you know, there's no point. So be passionate about what you want to do first. And like you said, you know, having goals is something you definitely need. Yeah. Daniel, do you have anything to add to all that? I think Emmanuel pretty much covered it. I mean, that. That's a really good way to start out and not be instantly destined for failure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, as we close up here, uh, Thomas actually had to duck out. I believe he got some viruses. I don't know. He was sort of rambling about hard drives. All he said yeah. in chat was, all the hard drive disks are gone. Poof. <laughs> Virus. Got all three. And he says, I'm ducking out now. <laughs> That's all he said. <laughs> Isn't that a line from Die Hard 4? Is it? I think it is. All the hard disks are dead. <laughs> all the hard disks are gone. <laughs> Someone anyway. stole all of our internets. <laughs> Either way. Um, so Thomas had to duck out. But as we close up, Daniel, um, where can people go to find out more information about Ragnarok Arena? Rag Ragnarokarena.com or moddb.com. We're not done yet. You haven't even said anything about what the mod's about or how it plays or what the community is doing or where we can find servers or what kind of gameplay it is or... Where you can go if you want to learn how to map for it because it's a 2D map. These would it's all be great questions when I asked you, Emmanuel, do you have any questions for Daniel? And then you oh, proceeded sorry, to ask him, is your game a video game? Yeah, well, <laughs> listen. You lost your chance, buddy. No, this, is, this isn't this is for me. This is for this is for the community. This is for all the Podcast 17 and listeners out there who tune in every week selfishly. This is for the little guy. This is for the man who has no voice and needs me to speak for them, all right? Well, if the you man wanna, with no voice you can, can, you can silence me. You can silence me, but you cannot out. silence the passion and the voice of the people. I'm pretty sure we can. All right, so Daniel, what is your mod about then? Just let's cover that one. It's a side-scrolling deathmatch mod that's played over the internet, and you shoot uh, each other in a side-scrolling environment with bunches of weapons. Yeah. And will people have fun? I'm sure of it. And where can people go? You to have get the my FDG? guarantee that you will have fun. <laughs> where can people go to get the uh, FDG? It's actually included in the mod. It is in the in the bin folder of the mod. There you go. So is that good, Emmanuel? Do you want anything else that you want to cover for all the people out there, the voiceless people? Don't speak to me. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, think we cover, I think we covered everything. I think everything. that's it. I mean, a lot of people are, will probably overlook it because they think, ah, oh, some silly two 
2D scrolling whatever, but it's actually I. It is really I, fun. I remember uh, I was at a friend's house and he randomly came across it a few years ago when we were looking for stuff to play and we played the original RA one, and it was it was good fun. It's just it's not I mean it's not a ho it's not not a hoax isn't the word I'm looking for. It's not like a gimmick. It's not a gimmicky mod. Yeah, you look at the screenshots and you think it is, but it's more of a I, I would think of it as like Rocket Crowbar. It specializes in being fun, and it doesn't take itself seriously, and that's good. That's something for, that you should enjoy. For everyone that says, oh, I need something new to play, I need something that isn't just the same first-person shooter with tactical elements, give it a shot. There you go. Yeah, and and it's perfect for lands. So. Actually, I have a story. I went to a LAN a couple weeks ago, and I saw four people playing Ragnarok Arena remastered. You know what it is? And I it was is like, the wow. Super Smash Brothers of Half-Life, and that's why you like it so much. <laughs> that's true. That's a good way of putting it, actually. It does feel like a little bit like Super Smash Brothers. So. Well, there you go. But it doesn't have Master Chief, so don't fucking bother. <laughs> I think that's all the more reason to download it, but once again, difference Down- is opinion. Yes. Master Chief's a pretty cool guy. He, uh, he kills aliens and... Isn't afraid of anything. So does almost every other video game character. But anyway, I think that's it. I think that's all we can say for this week's episode. Not a lot of news this week. But uh, thank you, Daniel, for being on the show. Last minute. Hey, not a problem. Always a pleasure talking to you. Like I said, you are. Oh, thank you. You are almost, you know, one of the staples in the Half Life community. You've been around for so long, so it's good. It's good. Sweet. That, <laughs> it's good that you never surrender. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like Leonidas from 300. He's so... He looks like him, too. <laughs> yes. And Emmanuel, thank you for being on the show. Don't thank me. Well, I, I'm just thanking you for, for actually what I, waking up. What I up. do here is, I, like I said, it's for the voiceless. It's for the, yeah. it's for the fallen. It's for the people, the little guy. <laughs> Don't thank me. Thank them. They're the ones who give me the motivation to come every week. And that is a good point. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in every week. And uh, we appreciate it. If you have... Actually, you actually, actually, we have a question. Sorry. We have a question. Listener audio question. This just reminded me. Um, no, listen. We don't have time. I, you know, it's, I'm no, busy. Exactly. We got things to do. No, no, you don't. I don't think we have time to listen to the audio audio question. No, we got we got really simple question here. All right, so the so the uh, topic is what got you hooked into Half Life? And he says, I'm 38 years old. He's an old school gamer. He's been playing Half Life since it came out. His first experiences were with uh, 3D shooters with Wolfenstein 3D, which I'm actually playing on my iPhone. It is awesome. If anybody has an iPhone. Get Wolfenstein 3D. It is the best game for your phone. You'll play it all the time. Anyway, um, I even played the original 2D Commodore 64 versions, Doom, um, Duke Nukem 3D, Rise of the Triad, Quake 2, etc. I was interested in hearing from each of you how you discovered Half-Life and what did you think when you first played it? What was going through your mind when riding the tram during the intro? I'm sure you'll have a lot of say about that. Um, what about when you pushed the sample into the analyzer in the test chamber and all hell broke loose? I really enjoy listening to the podcast. Keep up the great work. From Scott, a.k.a. Captain Quark. Well. Well, Scott. <laughs> yeah. My, I, 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 I'm, I, I have a really good answer for this. Um, the first time I actually uh, even... The first memory I have of this game was coming over to my friend's trailer where he had hooked up his mother's computer and was playing Half-Life in um, software mode. And I thought that the Magnum was the best-looking damn gun in any game ever. And then he proceeded to load up the game from the beginning, and we were just in awe at how detailed and amazing the in-game world was when you viewed it from the tram and how you could no-clip out of the tram and go look at the helicopter that has landed. Yeah. That, that is my honest-to-God first memory of the game. And then I, ra- I rode home as fast as I could with the game in my backpack on my bike, just racing so I could go play it on my computer that actually worked worth a damn. <laughs> How about you, Emmanuel? It was seventh grade, and I was on the bus with this uh, douchebag, and he was talking about Half-Life. And I thought, oh, that sounds dumb. And I didn't even think about it for a year. And then a year <laughs> later, a friend of mine uh, showed me Counter-Strike, and uh, I shit my pants. I was like, holy, what? what sh- you can shoot people? What? Because I'd been playing Motocross Madness and uh, and racing games on the internets and and fighter fight race for I don't know however many years and I thought wow guns sweet so I told him so where do I buy this video game he's like nah bro it's a uh, it's one of the mods 
for the for the uh, video game Half Life. So, and I actually spent two. I spent a year and a half playing Counter Strike before I realized that uh, it was actually a mod for Half Life, and that I could play Half Life, and then I played a Half Life, and uh, that was okay. I didn't really like it, <laughs> but I love the mods. So yeah, I think a lot of people are in the same situation as you, Emmanuel. A lot of people played Counter Strike and didn't know, you know, sort of that it was a mod for Half Life. They just didn't understand. I bet you. I bet you half the listeners don't even know what Half Life is right now. They're just <laughs> they just think it's like a program that runs their mods. <laughs> it, it's that little addition to Counter Strike. Yeah, which you can't blame them. Well, for me, actually, um, getting into Half Life, I didn't have a lot of friends who played video games. Um, I was really the only kid on the. You block. Didn't have a lot of friends. Yeah, that's actually true. Um, I was the only kid on the block who who had a Nintendo sixty four, and I mean we've talked about Goldeneye before, but Goldeneye really got me into gaming. But uh, more specifically, um, I played Duke Nukem 3D a lot when I was a kid, and uh, we've already talked about how I made the levels out of paper and everything, but that's a whole different story. Um, I went to the game store with my mom, and my mom was actually really good when I was a kid. She let me play all the violent games when all the other kids around me weren't able to play, weren't allowed to play the violent games. And so she would buy me all these violent video games. I have no idea why. But uh, she did. And I bought Half-Life. I went to the store and I was like, wow, this looks like Duke Nukem 3D. And, you know, I was just a kid. I have no idea what the hell I was talking about. I was like, this is going to be awesome. So I picked it up. I brought it home. And uh, not knowing anything about what Half-Life was, I mean, I didn't, I didn't really follow any of the information. I was just a kid, right? I played it. I booted it up. Installed it. Got it all going and everything. And uh, I played the first level. And I remember vividly... Um, you know, going into the room when you push the sample into the uh, into the analyzer, and then you get teleported to the dark room. You guys know what I'm talking about—the dark room with the three alien slaves that were like sort of standing around you, and you're breathing heavily. I I swear to God, I almost shit my pants. I probably started crying. <laughs> I was so afraid. I was scared shitless from this game. I don't know why, but I, I was too. I, that was a in scary the part moment. after the. Yeah, in the part after the mishap, I actually was terrified because I I don't know if I had xenophobia or what, but I was fucking just scared. Yeah. Of the uh, the the zombies. Yeah, there was scary parts in that game, and it really scared me. And my mom was like, "It's just a video game." I'm like, "But there's aliens. It's freaky." I made my mom stand there and watch it with me. It was I don't know why I'm telling everybody this, but uh, it was fun. And then it wasn't until like two years after when I realized like the mod community and I realized that, you know, TFC was a mod for Half-Life. I thought it was like Half-Life multiplayer. I didn't understand yeah, how any too. of that worked. Um, I didn't play a lot of Deathmatch. I played a lot of Team Fortress Classic. Team Fortress Classic is really what got me into Half-Life. It's what I, I, my first maps were for ha- Team Fortress Classic. Maybe I'll release some of my first maps, but. I remember, I remember accidentally loading up Half-Life and, uh, trying to play Counter-Strike and going to the multiplayer and, um, and it was so fucking dark because I had a dark monitor at the time and I didn't even realize what was going on. But I remember thinking, man, I can't buy any guns. And I, it was, I just hated it. I thought, and I remember thinking, this server sucks. And I went back and it didn't happen again. But you know, little did I know I was playing Half-Life. And TFC I thought was just a completely different game. You know, I remember I bought, I bought the entire thing, but it came with something called Wanted. It was a multiplayer mod that they had done, but they had released with it. Oh, yeah, I remember it was like that. A, yeah, it was like uh, it was like I don't know. I guess it was a, a Western kind of oldies thing. That was fun, but you know, maybe a mod team has like worked to recreate it or something. But we'll see. It'd be cool to play that again. Yeah, we'll have to look into that for next week. But anyway, all right. So those are my experiences. I really wanted to share that, and uh, I think it was an excellent question from Scott. Thanks, Scott. And if any of you listeners out there have any experiences, you know, your first experiences with Half-Life, your earliest memories. Um, feel free to not tell us them. No, feel free to post them in the comments. Um, obviously at www.podcast17.com. In there, you can post all your comments, all your questions. If you have an audio question, you can record it. If you have a video question, good too. You can record that. Um, or Actually, let's let's ask let, uh, for the next uh, audio question next week. Let's have it like just a user form. Let's have... Let's have people send in their favorite or funniest moment in in Half Life or Counter Strike or something like that. All right, yeah, Cause, sure. Because when when I was in middle school, we used to play on play at night and then go home to go to school, and we you know instead of actually doing school work, we would just talk about last night's games, and we'd always have funny stories. And I remember one time my friend Tyler telling me the story about 
how he was playing assault and he was a terrorist. And uh, you know the 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 big gate thing where uh, there's a kind of a standoff between the outside of the building and the and the inside of the building. Um, the he was running outside and he said out of nowhere a CT's corpse fell out and just landed right in front of him and did the uh animation, and it sounded it was probably one of the funniest things I'd ever heard, and it probably was hilarious. But that would be my stupid story. But you know, obviously, some I'm sure someone has a funny story to talk about. Yeah. So. So feel Tell free to post those all over the comments, and uh, if you have an answer to Scott's question as well, you know, your earliest memories, it's another good one. I think those are all really good questions. So anyway, I think that's it for the end of the episode. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Emmanuel. Thank you, Nick. Not a problem. As always. And thank don't you, say Thomas, thank you to Thomas, even though you're not don't here. That, don't thank say you, it. Thomas. Thank you, We don't Thomas. thank people for leaving. <laughs> he had to go to work. <laughs> anyway, and I think that is the end of another episode. Bye. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, 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 uh.